Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. that issue pollution i understand that you came here with a private jet uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel if you offset your carbon it's the only choice for somebody like me so we wanted to talk to you about canceling culture if you will we don't want to relitigate the the, the uh, allegations that you're making mike because we, we we understand where you are so let me ask you this do you think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent could you make an argument that it is temporary what do you worry about having boys running girls track mates you know, I, I recognize and appreciate the concerns um, and the uh, frustrations that are expressed. I've, as Commissioner of Education, have had conversations with families uh, who have felt the way you just described it and families of uh, students who are transgender. So I understand that this is a challenge. I look forward to working with you and others to... Do you think it's fair to have boys running in the girls' track, mate? I think it's appropriate for, it's, I think it's, it's the legal responsibility of schools to provide opportunities for students to uh, participate in activities, and this includes students who are transgender. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls' track meet, swimming meets, name it. You're okay then with boys competing uh, with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. That is Miguel Cardona wearing out the entire open music bed dancing around the question of should boys be playing girls sports that was rand paul asking him the question so the answer is yes boys will be playing girls sports and yes boys will be winning girls sports and gir- boys will be winning girls uh trophies and and state um you know races and all that other stuff and this is the brave new world we have voted for this is what people on the left want more some symbolic uh, gesturing and more symbolism that's going to literally hurt real human beings. But the symbolism makes us feel warm and fuzzy and 
good about having a uh, Range Rover and living in Wellesley, Massachusetts. So there you go. That is the brave new world. But some things have happened today that have made me very happy. Very happy. Alice Shattuck is not having a good day. Our child destroyed her cell phone, which is uh, which is something she probably will not comment on because she is not pleased, and I don't blame her. I would not be pleased. I'd be screwed. And uh, Alice, do you wish to comment on the issue? I would not like to comment on the I don't, issue. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It was inopportune, to say the least. Uh, but, Alice, something that might cheer you up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Trending now. Trending, oh God, it was tragic. Maybe after Alice leaves, I'll tell you about how this happened. Trending now on Twitter is um, Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett. As it has been discovered, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was not in the Capitol building when the Capitol siege happened. She was in an adjacent office building. Right. Uh, she Her office was laid siege to by a Capitol police officer. And that was the full extent of the danger to her. Exactly. So it appears that she's been doing a bit of um, uh, stolen valoring. It's not the first time, if you remember, she had those pictures taken of her outside of the uh, immigrant ICE facility a couple of years ago, where she carefully pretended to cry while staring into a parking lot. And now that is what she is doing. Uh, She is uh, fabricated. Her story. I don't. I don't know technically if she did fabricate. Maybe she never indicated she was in the Capitol, but I'm thinking that she probably did. So that is going on. <laughs> are you are you abandoning ship for a second? Yeah. So that is going on. Alice has been uh, the two year old is because nothing has gone right today. You didn't see the two year old walk in because even though we have a third camera set up and we bought a piece of equipment, it doesn't doesn't work. But the two year old is requiring Alice's attention right now. And she will be taking care of that. This has been a not a good day for Alice Shattuck. Let me tell you that. And um, this uh, <laughs> this um, this phone thing sucks. Oof. Now she's got to go to work tonight, which means she she'll be at work. She can't listen to any podcast or anything. And this is working in a warehouse where precisely listening to a podcast is exactly the way to pass the time. That is a rough thing. So AOC was not in the Capitol today. It's not the end of the world. She fudged a story. Nobody's going to care. Fabrications and hypocrisy are two things that have been uh, set aside this for this last year and a half. It doesn't seem to matter at all as long as you're gesturing and, uh, and demonstrating the right symbolic uh, function. Uh, but there's one other thing. New York Times. New York Times staffers... Uh, are now uh, marching upon the newsroom again. They are demanding. Uh, they are demanding uh, that uh, that an employee of the, of the New York Times, who had apparently allegedly engaged in some racist language uh, on some getaway with young people, they want a full investigation. So staffers again are running the New York Times, and management will fold to them because they cannot. They cannot. Uh, look them in the eye and push back because you opted in for this. You decided, you said that we speak the language of woke progressivism. And the moment you do that as a manager, then you have to abide by woke progressive laws. And when the insurgent uh, millennial pro- uh, progressives see that you can be killed with that dagger, well, they go and kill you with that dagger. And they'll assume those roles and continue to make the New York Times and other media organizations like that simply activist institutions. 
Yay. So what else is going on today? It uh, There is some delicious stuff that's happening. Certainly the AOC stuff we love, we enjoy. Anytime somebody steps in it like that now is being exposed. Because remember, just yesterday, she was crying and weeping and saying that she was uh, the victimized. And then people, and that her life was in danger. They were going to kill her, this and that. So, okay, that's fine. Today also, some a, some footage of John Kerry, who's the new climate czar, the guy who's decided that he's going to help delete thousands of jobs in, in uh, f- fossil fuel energy jobs and replace them with theoretical jobs in green hydrogen. It was, it was uh, unearthed today was some footage f- that a, a filmmaker made a couple of years ago, or a reporter, um, when he documented, John Kerry flew a plane to Iceland to receive an award, a f- private plane. You're, you got to be in certain circles to be getting awards in Iceland for his good work on climate. He takes a private plane, private jet there, and a reporter asks him about it. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to... The only choice for somebody like me, traveling the world... To win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States... I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere, I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full time. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. Now, does he ever take um uh, you know public transportation public airlines to any of these places when he's flying across the country flying across the world does he go to london on uh british airways like you do or i do or virgin atlantic or virgin whatever i uh tend to doubt it because anything that they do anything hypocritical including the numbers of mansions with you know 68 bedrooms all that stuff and then tuck it in the he's got his own island i think actually in uh in uh, on the cape all of that stuff all they have to do is say carbon offsets. We'll offset it. Carbon credits. We can offset it. So he can fool you into thinking his three mansions are indeed carbon carbon neutral because he's engaged in some uh, non-existent, really, monetary transaction with carbon credits. So that that means he's not a hypocrite, and indeed he's more pure than you. And uh, he's sticking to that. Alice, I don't know if you welcome back. Hi. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I hope your day gets better, Alice. You look lovely today. Thank you. You always look lovely. I should tell you that more often, Alice, that I find you totally beautiful always. Thank you, honey. That is technically true, too. You can tell by my camera roll, I think, which would get me indicted. Not the way you're thinking. It's just that I take pictures of my wife because she's beautiful. That is correct, Alice? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Nothing shady. She's aware of almost all of those pictures. All right, John Kerry. I'll play the audio again, Alice. I don't know if you had a chance to hear it. Mm-hmm. John Kerry, uh, this is him in 2019. He went to Iceland on his private jet to collect an award mm-hmm. for being really good at climate stuff. And he is confronted by a reporter. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon it's the only choice for somebody like me somebody who like me. is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, it's a, He's serving again. It's part of a war. He's going overseas mm-hmm. to fight in the battle. 
And he's offsetting it with the good work he's going to do someday. Yeah, so someone like him. Isn't that so revealing, though, about all of the left's plans for climate? Is that people like him have no other choice but to continue to live in the lap of luxury. People yes. like you can uh, make different choices. Yes, he's saving the world. You are being greedy because <laughs> you're, you're, you don't use all the squiggly lights in the house. I've actually uh, been to that island, too, by the way. The island that you mentioned. Nashon. Oh, not you have? Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah, I have. Um, because it's like the whole family, like the whole extended family owns it. And one of the kids that was in my class at the Waldorf school mm. was like in her mom is like in that family. Unsurprisingly, her mom's first name was Muffy. But um, oh god, that's perfect. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we did a couple field trips there where we went and stayed there overnight. Actually, you're kidding me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're a someone like you. <laughs> I'm a someone like me. Yeah. So I've been to Nasha on the private island of John Kerry. How awesome family. is that? So it's got docks yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, there's. Tell me there's how they houses. live, Alice. <laughs> it's very. Um, it's very like. Uh, New England waspy, like it's ve- there's like lots of open green space. It was kind of it was probably it was either like fall or spring when we were there. Oh, so off it was season. like very gray and like yes. ocean. We saw ospreys, um, and that's like the, that ocean bird of prey. Like we saw right. an osprey nest, and we, there's like lots of mud and farmland and like uh, farm piping houses. clovers. And uh, probably I don't re- I don't remember that. Oh, that is a mud and farmland. That is yeah, too beautiful. And like, and Reeds, like farmhouse. Yeah, exactly. And like farmhouses and like, um, you know, it's good like to be that. someone that, like yeah, me. So. It's good to be, have that. <laughs> My goodness. I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table. So in we- other words, my resume shows I'm a really good person. Mm-hmm. I deserve carbon credits, and I'm getting help myself to some. So I can take all the private planes and live in all the my own island with my own grid. You don't understand. You just have to pay a little more money, and then you can fly in the private jet. You could get Paris, and uh, I believe... The time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get... I can't sail across the ocean, you know. Uh, People need to press the flesh with me. It's very important to people. There's no way to... uh, There's no way to remotely meet people, you know. Even in 2019, I believe Zoom was around. But no, 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 no. I have to take the private plane to Iceland for an award, you see. It's hugely important that I accept this award... And stream my uh, my uh, pollution creating de- uh, f- aeronautic machine across half the earth to do it. It was an award for me, don't you see? Mm-hmm. Not something they can send you, or not something that you know you can wait for. There's a there's a um, there's a shelf life on these awards. Mm-hmm. Oh man, things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. He is free and clear of having to worry about his own soul. His soul has been redeemed. He can tell you about it because he's in a battle. He's offsetting and he's changing the world. He's saving the world for all of us. So there is no such thing. That is That kind of hubris is why so many politicians do so many vile things and absolutely don't see the problem. 
Mm-hmm. You're Bill Clinton. You can do whatever you want to the intern. You're changing the world for the better. Yeah. You know, it's just a, something to pass the time. You can help yourself to Colleen Willie when she's crying in the office about her husband's suicide or, uh, you know, bankruptcy. You can help yourself to her. Absolutely. You deserve that. You're changing the world. John mm-hmm. Kerry can have anything he wants. He's changing the world. Didn't Al Gore have a problem with, like, a massage therapist, too? Yes, it was thrown out, though. But, uh, yes, Al Gore was smart in getting on the ground floor of the of the climate uh, game. I'm sure that's where Kerry learned it and said, man, that is a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. So that is that. John Kerry is out there and doing well. Meanwhile, Alice, bad news for you. Mm-hmm. And me, and if you had the ability to text anymore, you would know this, but you don't, unfortunately, yeah. because it, a, uh, a tiny miscreant destroyed your life today. My phone was thrown into a toilet. Oh, God. Um, so bad news for all of us, actually. Uh, so you know how I promised you that, uh, just three cents right now, I promised you that I'd have a uh, new Lambo by the end of this month? Did you? Yes. Well, I'm getting killed in the market. Oh, what did you invest in? Can we know? Yes, I bought 3.2 shares of AMC Theaters. Oh. Uh, so I spent all of my $30 on AMC, mm-hmm. and my $30 is now $28.35. That's not that terrible. Well, I understand that, Alice, but uh, my journey to a Lambo, oh. <laughs> so I can be someone like me, uh, is you know delayed even more. What else should should I invest in next? Should I move my money? I don't know. Hey, you know what? I'll take your stock tips if you'd like to. Just let me know. I don't know anything, but I would like a land. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no. I thought I was back to 30. No, I'm not. I'm at 2835. Yeah. So it's going to be quite some time until I'm someone like me, unfortunately. But those are the... the, uh, That's just life. That's just how it goes. So John Kerry, happy to destroy um, these carbon jobs, these uh, energy jobs all over the country. But this is really, real. this is Biden really stepping on a rake here because this has gotten a lot of criticism. However much the media has been active, activizing for Biden this, uh, so far in these first 20 days or whatever it is, he has taken some hits on this, this wanton destruction of the, these jobs for the um, for the uh, Keystone Pipeline, just to say, just for starters, has gotten some people ticked off. So even Senator John Tester, Democrat from um, from Montana, uh, found it hard to contain himself. Do you believe it was finally um, a mistake for the Biden administration to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline on day one in office, given the impact supporters say on 11,000 American jobs? Do you think it was a mistake? I know you think it was a mistake to do it in general, but I, I wonder about right now in this moment, given this economy on its knees. Well, look, I, I've been a supporter of the Keystone Pipeline, and there's been two caveats, and they've been basic caveats. You, you do it to the safest standards, and you respect uh, private property rights. I think the Keystone Pipeline folks could have done a better job getting the Fort Peck tribe on board, and they need mm-hmm. to continue working to do that. But in the end, I think that's it's a good project. Uh, I believe in climate change, uh, but I also think that this one pipeline isn't going to turn it around, uh, isn't going to turn our climate around, and it's not going to make it in markedly worse situations. But so in the end, yeah, I supported the Keystone Pipeline. I also- 
yes. So in the end, it's not going to turn global warming around, but it will turn around the lives, unfortunately, of uh, 10,000 people who are making pretty good money mm-hmm. in a good job in a very well, tough time. they should have been someone like John Kerry. They should have thought That's of right. That. They can find a way to change, go to war, change the world like he is, jetting around the mm-hmm. world, winning, picking up awards in this war. The battle of the award just happened. Joe Biden today de- wasted no time in defending his executive orders. They're all feeling the heat on this. Today I'm going to sign a few executive orders um, uh, to strengthen the immigration system, building on uh, the executive actions I took on day one to protect dreamers. And uh, and the Muslim ban and to better manage our borders, and that's what these uh, three different uh, executive orders are about. And I want to make it clear: there's a lot of talk, with good reason, about the number of executive orders that I have signed. I'm not making new law. I'm eliminating bad policy. Um, what I'm doing is taking on. He's eliminating jobs. Is what he's doing, and that's yeah. the most egregious thing. If he wants to change the wording. In the defense, uh, you know, the Department of Defense on uh, LGBT back to what it used to be. That's one thing to delete jobs and to have sweeping changes, including in in offshore drilling and land leases. Well, I don't even understand why how all this stuff has been handed over to bureaucratic agencies that the president has total control over. It's so weird to me that all this stuff, all this drilling, like it's just under the control of one person. Well, I mean, I think that it shouldn't be. I mean, it should be well, under yeah. it should be legislated, obviously. Right. There should but, be clear laws that it's obvious whether to follow them or not, like whether or not to drill or whether or not to frack or whether or not to build the keystone right but clear laws clear laws are tough and they they cost political capital (laughs) for fun people fundraising so we'll just let this unelected team of people that the president's in charge of Mm -hmm. decide whether or not to allow drilling in each particular place is uh i guess easier for legislators to get behind but it's so the whole thing is so dangerous you know like it's not necessarily biden's fault per se or trump's fault per se or obama's fault per se that the executive power has expanded so much i mean it even expanded under bush right Mm -hmm. but it's really it's really shocking how much the president has direct control over and congress really ought to step up and start you know making some decisions on some of this stuff you know there's so much like outrage on the left outrage on the right trump signs an executive order everybody on the left freaks out biden signs an executive order everybody on the right freaks out like how come congress doesn't do something these people are so pathetic right they're such cowardly losers it really makes me mad that they won't seize back some of this power from the executive branch because it's so egregious and they can do something about it right we know you're well you're right about that and also first of all special interests and lobbyists are encouraging them not to do something about it <laughs> you know and the in-kind donations and all the money's into the coffers and i think that's fine i think that there should be interest in lobbyists in washington dc because there are legitimate interests in lobbyists around but when so much of your job spoken is to, like the kid of a lobbyist right but when <laughs> when when so much of your job is fundraising mm-hmm. and you've got these Huge voices for the banking industry and for this industry, that in- the automobile industry, the green industry, this industry, all of which also have their own relationships. You know, it, it's right. an odd. You know, it, it, I think it's. I think the feeling is it behooves everybody not to do it. Just wait to the end of the year when it, the bidding war can continue all through the year, 
and at the end of the year, you pass a huge omnibus. And whoever mm-hmm. bid or paid you off better during the year, yep. you pay off uh, in December or whenever it is when they have to get a new budget going. Mm-hmm. When there's no time to read the bill and uh, and the, essentially leadership just decides what it is. And, you you know, it's a if the president's your own party, then he's going to rubber stamp it because he's got all his goodies in there, too. It's filthy, dirty politics. And these people are are, are gutless. And they're gutless in both parties. And the, the fact that today that that uh, Kevin McCarthy couldn't, you know, couldn't bring himself to move to want to to essentially censure or or uh, take uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Is that her name? Uh, yeah, I think so. the Q woman from Georgia off of, um, uh, you know, off of her committee. Right, the, she's the, on the education committee right. and the budget committee, and, and they and tried to re- cut a Republicans deal. Republicans essentially hid during the vote. <laughs> they didn't want a roll call vote because they didn't want to tie themselves to, to the vote going on there because they're uh, scared that the Trump enthusiasts, and they might be, Trump enthusiasts will, will, mid to, will throw them out, will primary them next time. And so they're all wimps, and that's on the right, and they're <laughs> wimps on the left. These are disgraceful people. All of these these politicians are disgraceful people. Right. You know, I'm not about to like strap on antlers and a beaver pelt and, you know. Storm the Capitol. Right. But these people all deserve to get thrown out. All of them. I don't care. I don't I don't have any that I'm emotionally attached to. I also, I've never been a term limits guy, but I think we should throw these people out. I think every president should be thrown out after one term and everybody in Congress should be thrown out after one term. That's every two years for a, for a rep, you know. Right, like, because fun. then you eliminate the incentive to need to fundraise from these groups because it's so toxic that they're just all like, it's a long term gig. I mean, until we moved up here, Ed Markey had been my representative either in the House or in the Senate since before I was born, right? Continuously. And I'd moved a few times around the state of Massachusetts, and he was always either my congressman or my senator. Yeah, well, it, it almost goes. I mean, the same I guess he's for... still my senator now, even though we moved up here. Yeah, so he my there. whole life, I'm 33 years old, almost 34, and my whole life, Ed Markey's been representing me in Congress. He's been there just about as long as Biden has. He's been there forever, forever. It's crazy, and it's the same with, with Biden. I mean, get a freaking day job. I don't. Yes. It's incredible. Their job is. Trying to make lobbyists happy in Washington D.C. Yes, yes. If you look at some of the congressmen, I think it's Richie Neal out in the west part of the state, Massachusetts. You know, he almost all of his donations, all of his big block donations, from healthcare companies. So mm-hmm. you know, you you decide to you don't have to go there and press a flesh and go to rubber chicken dinners mm-hmm. every night. You need big donors, consistent donors who can help bundle and help take care of you. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's what they do. So healthcare, Joe Biden was a credit card company. Obviously, he's a Delaware guy, so mm-hmm. he's bringing home the bacon for Delaware, giving them protections, etc. And that's how the racket works. But I don't want to make people upset. Or, or it's a beautiful day to celebrate, Alice, because guess what? What we've had another first in the White House. So there are still key positions that have not moved through the confirmation process that um, we are eager to see move forward. We have seen though some progress in the last week or so, and a number who have moved forward. Um, the former uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, of course, yesterday uh, just confirms as the uh, first LGBTQ uh, secretary in a cabinet. Um, he's going to play a pivotal role on our economic planning, uh, but there's more to be done. By the way, LGBTQ, Pete Buttigieg isn't LGBTQ. No, he's one of those. He's, none of those. he's just G. Right? Yeah. 
he's only right. one. By the way, confirmed as the first LGBTQ. <laughs> Can he just be the first, like guy who's who's Pete Buttigieg, who's a Secretary of Transportation? But no, and also of course there's some um, right. There's a problem. There's a factual problem. I'm sure <laughs> Daniel Dale is on this uh, right now. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And there, there are no shadowy figures. Right. As uh, Richard Grinnell was his own man, and um, he was also married yeah. to a man and a cabinet mm-hmm. member. Weird. Weird. So I guess he didn't need Senate confirmation, and that's why he doesn't count, according to them. Right, because he so, was an uh, interim, whatever. But he was a member of the cabinet, so it didn't matter. Yeah, uh, I mean, it seems they give like- they need the firsts. It's the thing they need the first. I many years ago, Alice, before I met you and became, um, before I was chismatic, chem, chemleric, cholera. What is it when you have when you're good to women? Um, I opened the door for them. <laughs> I, chivalrous. I, yes, before I was chivalrous, Alice. I um I had a girlfriend and she said we she said uh I said do you want something for Valentine's Day should we do that whatever this is like I don't know it was twenty one and she said no we don't have to do anything we'll just do our own thing whatever and uh, and so I didn't do anything and for Valentine's Day she was shocked and offended and heartbroken mm-hmm. and she was like I can't believe you didn't do anything for me Valentine's Day and I said Jesus. Really, Jesus, and 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 I said you told me not to. She said I can't believe that you break my heart, whatever. And I said okay. Oh, how about we go now, and I'll take you somewhere, and we'll go out for Valentine's Day and get you something nice, okay? And she goes, okay, that's fine. So, like I was, it, it occurred, it just occurred to me. Okay, I see. It's just one of these things you got to do because it me. Even if it's, I mean, that's even if it's that kind of shameful that like I already missed Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. but I you're gonna. You groveled, so I'm going to now replay Valentine's Day and not miss it, and that's all it took, and that is all it took. And she was happy and beaming that I did stuff for her on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. even though it was shameless. And it's that's what it is with the with the with these with the left with the Democrats now. Just give them their firsts, okay? <laughs> give them the gesture because it makes them feel important and good about themselves, and pat them on the head and say, "There you go, okay? We went to a um, cheesecake factory, okay? Now it is good. Yes, it's good now, okay." <laughs> Uh, have we been to Cheesecake Factory, you and I? Um, Is there Cheesecake Factory? Is that over? Yeah, so we tried to, and the kids still talk about this, actually. We tried to go to a Cheesecake Factory, but the wait was too long, so you wouldn't. Tom doesn't, for those of you who don't know, Tom doesn't do waits at restaurants. No, of course. Tom doesn't wait for seats at restaurants. If there's a wait, we just can't go there. So often, there's like a 20-minute wait, so we end up spending another two hours driving or walking around looking for a different place that doesn't have a 20-minute wait. Yes, that is a going administration, Shattuck administration policy. Actually, one time when I was pregnant, we were supposed to go out and eat, and uh, we were staying somewhere, and we left our hotel, and I said, the first thing we have to do is get something to eat because I'm absolutely starving, and I was pregnant, and that was probably around like 6 p.m., and we did not eat because we could could not find a place that didn't have a wait until approximately 11 p.m. right before we returned to the hotel because <laughs> guys we forced you're with marched me. for you're, we went to have march through an entire city back and forth looking for a place a nice where city. I was allowed to eat. So then at 11 p.m. we finally found a place where there was no wait and I was allowed to eat then. So that's <laughs> you um, know it would probably seem damning too that I was more okay with there not being any place to eat considering I would I could just drink martinis and you couldn't at the time since you mm-hmm. were pregnant. 
That is um, inaccurately stated, by the way. Yeah. So that's we. The kids talk about sometimes they've heard of the Cheesecake Factory. They almost went to one. And they know then then they know they weren't allowed to go. So <laughs> we do the pulling up to the restaurant and oh, yeah. I go in and check if there's and a recon. wait and then exactly. I come back and let I'm Tom not standing know. around with a vibrating thing waiting for the freaking Texas Roadhouse to tell me it's safe to go in now. No. Those days are over. I'm not waiting anymore. You know? For someone yeah, like me. Someone like me should be able to go right in. Me and John Kerry should be able to go right in. So, but then you end up not getting to eat for even longer because you're looking for another place. Yeah, but it's the principle, Alice. It, I'm, I'm, I'm maintaining the structural integrity of principle mm-hmm. and decency by not giving in to these uh, terrorists who are trying to corral me for units of time that I'll never get back, for units of time that my dear, beautiful wife will never get back. I will not have them Mm -hmm. do that to my wife nor my lovely offspring, Alice, in the name of God. (laughs) On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I know. Streaming away from the restaurants, the only choice for someone like me, somebody like me, Alice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Pete Buttigieg is the first openly gay LGBTQ member of cabinet since the last first openly gay LGBTQ member left, of cabinet. Like, last month. Yes, who left last month, but that is fine. That is, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want any problem with anybody. On a more tragic note, oh, okay, let's keep it light. I'm going to keep okay. it light. Okay. Last, yesterday, we played you Jen Psaki, who's uh, very forthright and truthful and extremely knowledgeable. It's all women in the communication staff, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. It's really incredible. Yep. We've never had a woman press secretary before, I think. Right. No, she's the first one. She's also LGBTQS straight. Um, <laughs> Jen Psaki, yesterday, remember, laughed and blew off the idea of this Trump Space Force. Whether the president has made a decision on keeping or keeping the scope of Space Force. Wow, Space Force. It's the plane of today. Um, It is an interesting question. Um, I am happy to check with our Space Force point of contact. I'm not sure who that is. I will find out and see if we have any update on that. A little snarky attitude by Jen Psaki. It's the plane of today. What does even that mean? I don't even get that. She I can't think even... that that was a thing that people were saying about Space Force. Like, it's a, we, that the reason we need a Space Force is because spa- like, things going into space is the plane of today. Like, so we People need said be... that? I guess. I mean, I, don't think, I think that's why she said it sarcastically. I, don't, like I think that. that she tried to formulate a quippy um, description of Space Force and it failed. Mm-hmm. Much like she always does. But she was asked about that again today. As we discussed yesterday, Space Force is actually a legitimate thing that legitimate serious people on both sides of the aisle uh, care and talk about, uh, excluding, of course, Jen Psaki. But she had somebody had downloaded the information into her head overnight, and she is back. She tweeted about it yesterday, too. She was about how serious Space Force was. She is never, it is the plane of today, damn right. Uh, The top Republican on the House Armed Services Committee is asking you to apologize for some of the comments that you made yesterday in the briefing room about the Space Force. Will you apologize? 
I did uh, send a tweet last night. You may not all be on Twitter. Maybe they're not on Twitter. That said, we invite the members of Space Force here to provide an update to all of you on all of the important work they're doing, and we certainly look forward to seeing continued updates from their, uh, from their team. But big picture here, I mean, does the Space Force have the full support? So this is, this is very interesting. What you have here is a communication shop that is so laissez-faire, mm-hmm. so just lazy, as a matter of fact, and so arrogant mm-hmm. that they're now forcing the press to learn how to be journalists. Right. They don't want to be. The press doesn't want to be. They want a dumb, canned answer about the Space Force. They want to take that copy. They want to break it into that, that quote. They want to break it into three parts. They want to write around it. They want a file deadline. Then they want to go to a Washington bar and socially distance and get plastered. That's all these reporters want to do. But mm-hmm. she's not. When she evades and mocks and say it's the plane of today and all the other dumb stuff, then they can't do that. So now these – with this, when she said, I said a tweet yesterday. Did they see that? Maybe they're not on Twitter. <laughs> The reporter needs something, needs something. So the reporter has to ask a follow-up question, which sounds a lot like reporting, which is incredible to hear that it's happening during this administration because it was not meant to be. You know, the, oh, they got rid of the first with the Acosta wave. The A-team is gone now because mm-hmm. they did such a good job of throwing grenades at the last guy that the, with this guy, they don't need somebody who's throwing grenades or going to push the, the press secretary around. But... Jen Psaki is forcing these people to be journalists. Of the Biden administration, or is the president at some point perhaps going to try to get rid of it or in some way diminish it? Uh, They absolutely have the full support of the Biden administration, um, and uh, we are not revisiting the decision to establish the Space Force. Uh, The desire for the Department of Defense to focus greater attention and resources on the growing security challenges in space has long been a bipartisan issue, informed by numerous independent commissions and studies conducted across multiple administrations. And thousands of men and women proudly serve in the Space Force, as you Oh, really? Because I thought Space Force was just a dumb thing Trump did because he's dumb. Can you imagine that? Oh, Space Force. Today. <laughs> oh, this is great. You know, it was established uh, by Congress, and any other steps would actually have to be taken by Congress, not oh. by the administration. Oh. One more space question. Mm-hmm. NASA's are... Now, hold on. Before she gets to NASA, and by the way, this is a cruel third follow-up. You've, you've hit the depth of uh, Saki's own depth here already. Mm-hmm. It's There's nothing. We're at the bottom of the pool now. To ask any more questions is asking her to uh, to bore through the bottom of the pool. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll, we'll just go to Jinsai. program, which was the Trump era program to return American astronauts to the moon by 2024. What is the president's plan? What is he going to do with that program? Is he going to keep it intact? I am personally interested in space. I think it's a fascinating area of study, uh, but I have not spoken with our team about this particular program. So let me see if we can get you a more uh, informed circle uh, back, Jen. Circle back. Yep. By the way, another question that I need somebody to ask Jen Saki in the press briefings that they probably won't do because they're wimps. But um, I mean, I think today was a perfect opportunity since we were speaking about LGBTQ2IA plus people. (laughs) Is that uh, in August of last year, August 5th, 2020, Jen Psaki actually tweeted, um, only in 2020 does hashtag Lady G get to push a bunch of debunked conspiracy theories while questioning Sally Q. Yates, an American hero. What's the context of that? Um, 
it's about uh, Lindsey Graham. Oh wow! Wait, Lady G is a is a derogative term that the oh. left uses for Lindsey Graham because suggesting they feel that he could be a cabinet feel, member. They feel that he is a not out a uh, gay person, which they feel is worthy of. Oh my god! Um, mockery. So, and this tweet is still up from her verified Lady personal G- account. That sounds. And um, so I'm really curious, you know how. If that's if she considers that an okay term to call people that she feels are too effeminate to be in Congress or what, I, I can send you the link to the tweet right now if you want. Um, but so I would really like, since we're on the topic of LGBTQ people and how they fit into our government or not, or you know how we should treat gay people in government or anybody in government as we talk about whether or not they could be gay speculatively, you know, I, I think that that's a fair question for... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I would say so, Alice, considering the guy at the top is very sensitive to the issue. These two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. Joey knew how to be tolerant in 1946 when they first right. ran into gay so, guys. A lot I mean, of you are very successful businessmen and women. If you were at a fancy restaurant in Washington five, six years ago at an important business meeting, and a gay or lesbian waiter came up, or transgender, spoke with a lisp or demonstrated they were gay or lesbian. Feather boa. And someone at that luncheon table said, made fun of that person. No one would have said anything. No. Except Joe's dad. I want you to literally think about this. Today, if that same thing happened, the other four or five people at the table say, you horse's tail, get out of here. Well, you've got a horse's really? tail in the uh, press shop right <laughs> I know, now. Maybe he should call her a horse's tail and see how it goes. <laughs> uh, because it's, um, it's fascinating to me that the left with their firsts and their this and that and their organizations to push this stuff, like, they just... It's shocking to me how they then treat people who aren't with them politically on other issues that, uh, you know, that, that, that that's somehow okay for their side. And it's, it has like real ramifications. It does. Um, I remember talking to a good friend of mine who was, um, very involved in TPUSA, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, years ago, uh, and, um, and was a Republican who uh, happens to be gay. And um, and talking about Richard Tassay and what a huge influence Richard Tassay was on his life, who, if you don't know, was a, um, a, a state politician in Massachusetts who was who was an out gay man um, and who ran for Congress several times and came very, very close. As a Republican. As a Republican. Yes. And was the um, he was the running mate of Charlie Baker, the governor of Massachusetts, the first time he ran for governor of Massachusetts as well. Um Really a great guy, actually, Richard, to say. And, um, and And talking about... So I was talking to this young Republican guy who was gay about, um, you know, what an influence Richard to say was on him and how inspired he was by him. And he was saying that his, like, first big eye-opening moment on how the left really feels about gay people was when the human rights campaign, the people with the equal sign sticker, mm-hmm. um, that they endorsed his opponent, who was a notoriously corrupt Democrat, mm 
congressman in Massachusetts. They endorsed Richard Tsai's opponent. They endorsed a moderate against a moderate gay Republican. They endorsed a corrupt, longstanding Democrat congressman in Massachusetts because he was a Democrat. And mm. and he said, like, I tore that sticker off my car and never looked back. Be- uh, but that that was that was a formative moment for him that he was telling me about in in his choices because, you know, and I, I think that he was less ideological at that point in time about like Republican or Democrat, but seeing that the left, that, that the, you know, showboating around gay issues only went as far as the party was kind of shocking to him. And I think it should be. I mean, like the fact that she's, she's getting flack on Twitter right now about, um, you know, calling a, a not, out guy that she thinks is gay on Twitter, Lady G, in the year 2020. Uh, and then she's standing up there and touting how the Biden administration has the first LGBTQ yeah. uh, cabinet member. It's it's offensive. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And and that affects people. Like, it, it matters when you uh, insult men for be, being, you think, like, too effeminate, or that they must be gay or whatever. Yeah, you know? well, and also you're right, and you talk about the violence constantly and under mm-hmm. threat, etc. Now, this is a guy who runs in circles in South Carolina, so who knows what the situation is down there? Who knows what the what's going on? I don't know what his deal is. Uh, I don't either. It's not my business. Right, right, right. You know, it's 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 crappy. It's it's vile. Actually, is what it is. Mm-hmm. But this vile. Behavior comes from the left all the time. They're happy. It's just barely below the surface. Just look at all the really good, virtuous uh, misogynists there are. Mm-hmm. And know? I've but, seen people on the left make excuses for the calling Lindsey Graham and, Lady G behavior. Right. People who are very, very woke, very, very pro LGBT everything are very willing to make excuses for why it's okay to call uh, Lindsey Graham yeah. Lady G. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I also guarantee you Marilyn Manson did not uh, have a MAGA hat to, around. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness, Alice, goodness. My... Miguel Cordona mm-hmm. and Rand Paul go at it over the um, issue of boys playing girls' sports. In general, about boys running in girls' track meets like they've been doing in Connecticut. I think that it's critically important that educated education systems and educators respect the rights of all students, including students who are transgender, um, and that they are afforded the opportunities that every other student has to uh, participate in extracurricular activities. Does it bother you? Isn't that great that that they're afforded the opportunities, if they're transgender, that everybody else is afforded? He, He cannot say it's okay for boys to play girls' sports. Right. Because if you say it like that, the stark truth of it comes out, and you could never justify that. But if you just say that I do feel the transgender students should have the every right the other students uh, enjoy, and if you use, you know, if you dress it up in fancy vernacular, then it, uh, you know, aids you in not having to focus on really the egregiousness of it. Mm-hmm. You can dance around it by never having to say what it is, which is something the left does with everything. Remember, it's Planned Parenthood. It's oh, women's yeah. health. You know, it's nothing is not. And if you say, if you're on the other side and you talk about at all, le- legitimately, the procedure that's happening, then you're considered vile and cruel and mean and you're mm-hmm. shouted down. It's not allowed. Yeah. It's not allowed. Meanwhile, adjudicating a criminal behavior on border crossings is simply kids in cages when right. they need it to be. 
So, I mean, they've got the the battle of words. They The left has great momentum on this stuff, mm-hmm. which is one of the good things about Donald Trump is that he had no time for it and ran on having the time for it and said Americans shouldn't tolerate this crap. It's BS. And he was right on that. At some, at some point... At some point, the right is going to have to push back on this and re uh, recapture the language. Mm-hmm. You can't put these people in the left in charge because everything they say, they just use they they create a new word and and uh, and and tweak uh, you know the the accepted definition a little bit more towards what they want it to be, and mm-hmm. soon they own it, and you're stuck. Here. Now you can't say illegal immigrant. Nobody that doesn't even exist right. anywhere. That would be considered hate speech now because they've pushed it over into the hate speech category. Right. So if you question anything about girls' sports, then you're that's that's bigotry, and you just don't want trans kids to have opportunities. Well, no. I mean, like, I I, I think the sports issue is really interesting because, um, like, I know a lot of people who voted for Biden. Um, you know, just regular suburban mom type people on Facebook and stuff um, who were mad about the girls sports thing uh, because be- because I mean, it Title nine has been a huge force in getting women into college at a lower cost, uh, which was controversial in itself that colleges had to spend the same amount on girls sports and bring in all these uh, women athletes. To, to play sports for the school and be at their colleges and get an education on the dime of the college instead of just paying for male athletes to do it. And and the fact that that same law is now being used to undermine women being able to be in sports is um, it's uh, very upsetting to people. And I think the left underestimates how upsetting to people that is. And people who don't who who are who are very accepting of the idea of trans people and being in the community and all these things and I I think it's a very fair question to ask you know why do we have women's sports why do women's sports exist why don't we just have one category of sports and have everyone play in it you know wh- why are why do we generally have different teams for men and women why is there men's tennis and women's tennis I, I mean why do you think why do you think it is that there's men's tennis and women's tennis and not just tennis and everyone plays in one category um Right, and the only time they do that with is with mixed doubles, really, um, when it's equally weighted. Well, because there are two different biologies. Playing. Right. So, what would happen if we only had one category? If there was there'd be no women involved. Right. So, if right. if in the marathon there wasn't a first place for women and a first place for men, would there ever be any women who would ever win any medals at the marathon? No. <laughs> so, like, or in anything, and that's also not a way to. That's not. Being defamatory towards women's sports, no, I to mean see that's the just... best in the category compete against each other, right. Is exciting, right? It can so be that's, exciting. That's why we have those. That's why we had women's sports. That's why that mm-hmm. became a thing that we have women's sports because you know people wanted there to be opportunities for women to show how good they were at stuff for being women, right? And um, you know, so so I would say to people that we already have the category that's for everybody. And that's the quote unquote men's sports. That's for everybody to play in. You know, hmm. the men's track. Meet, that's the everybody track meet, right? Like men's hmm. track. That's an interesting That's point for else. everybody. And then we have a category that's for people that were born women and still remain women. And because they're not as good at the sport. I mean, like that's, it sounds mean to women to say this, but like, that's just, that's how it is that we have a category for people who are a very certain category of people that biologically are at a disadvantage in sports. Well, what so, would you say to people who, if, if you're 
transitioning guy or whatever. What would you say to a trans woman? Why mm-hmm. are they? Some people on the left would say that's a biological woman. Um, I would say that we have a category that's for everyone, that's inclusive to everybody. everybody. Yeah, but that they consider themselves a biological woman, and they have people backers, including the medical community, saying that that's now a, that person is a biological woman. Well, then we should just eliminate women's sports altogether. Then, if that, if that, if we can't. If it's that hard to define what a woman is, which I don't mm-hmm. think that it is. I think that, you know, that it's obvious. But if you're is. taking... With, uh, with a very right. extremely few number of edge cases. There are um, people right. who well, are intersex, it, but, right? But somebody who's transitioning to, who might be taking blockers or whatever, a, a, a biological guy who then becomes a woman, uh, and, and to, to suggest that that is a biological woman right. would well if that was if that, if that person were a biological woman they wouldn't have needed to transition right so and I think also though that that you know there are edge cases but I think all the edge cases can be in men's sports right like because that's the everybody category you're gonna hurt right? a few feelings I'm I am gonna hurt a few feelings so there we have a category that's for everyone. I agree with you, but that's the feeling is that they are so downtrodden, oppressed, and murdered regularly and beaten and dying that you're going to only propagate this. I mean, women's sports, this is going to sound mean, but women's sports is the, that's the, like, not as good category, right? That's the category for, like, the disadvantaged people, right? I mean, it's a category, it's, isn't it though? Like that's the runner-up. That's the. I'm a scared to say, that's but the you're partici- allowed to say. <laughs> Women's sports is the participation trophy, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, that, you know what? So this is mean, mm. but like, there's a reason why. Like, I mean, how come? How come? You know, there aren't women in the NBA. Sexism. That like the top twenty percent of boys running in track meets beat all of the girls in the state, and that it, you know, would be you know, completely destroy girls' athletics. The girls are being pushed out. Um, they don't make the finals in the state meet. They don't get college scholarships. That it's really detrimental to girls' sports. Do you worry about having boys running girls' track meets? You know, I, I recognize and appreciate the concerns um, and the uh, frustrations that are expressed. I've, as Commissioner of Education, have had conversations with families uh, who have felt the way you just described it, and families of uh, students who are transgender. So I understand that this is a challenge. I look forward to working with you and others to Do you think it's fair to have boys running in the girls' track, mate? I think it's appropriate for, it's, I think it's, it's the legal responsibility of schools to provide opportunities for students to uh, participate in activities, and this includes students who are transgender. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls' track meet, swimming meets, name it. You're okay then with boys competing with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. I believe schools should. This guy will be writing dear colleague letters to give you direction and mm-hmm. uh, institutions on exactly how to make this happen. Right. I mean, but and I think that it's interesting because I think that the right. So you said I'm in a hurt feelings, like calling women's sports the participation trophy, right? Like, but but it's true. Like, women aren't as good as sports. That's why we have women's sports as a thing, you know. And and it's good for women that there is a that there are women's sports because, uh, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be able to compete in sports at all. And so, 
you know, I think that being honest about that, whether it hurts feelings or not, would really help the right articulate this point because part of the problem is that the right has been very stuck on the language of like equality and fairness and it going both ways sort of and I think that that sort of hurt the point so like there's that case in Texas of the wrestler right who Texas has a rule because they were trying to like fight this thing about um these policies ruining women's sports where they have a rule where you have to compete as the sex you were biologically born as, right? So they have this wrestler who was born as a girl and transitioned to be a guy and now takes testosterone and has to compete in the women's wrestling. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this story? Because, But it's because of a law that was designed to like keep women's sports from being ruined. But the, the law misses the point because it shouldn't cut both ways. The point is that men's sports is the category for everybody to compete in. Right. That's what's fair, that you have a category that is the everybody category and men tend to dominate it because that's what happens. And then you have a special category for uh, women and, you know, because they're not as good as sports. So if for any reason you're not in that category, any reason, whether you're intersex or trans or anything else, then if you're not uh, an X, Y chromosome person an xx chromosome person and don't take testosterone or and all these things if you don't check all those boxes that if you weren't born a woman or you didn't remain a woman or whatever it is then then you shouldn't be in that category you should be in the category that's for everyone that's the fully inclusive category for everyone right like i i don't understand the fact that we're having to and you're having to comprehensively explain in detail what Everybody just freaking knows naturally. You innately know this. Yeah, but everybody I mean, knows. But this has been a confusion for a while because everyone's scared to say why women's sports exist, right? Like, do you remember there was a story when you used to be on the radio with Michael Graham about a guy in Massachusetts who was winning all the girls' swim team records because mm-hmm. the state's um, uh, school athletics had a rule that if there wasn't a team for your gender, you had to be allowed to play on the opposite gender team. And it was designed for things like football. So that if there's a girl who wants to play football and they don't have a girl's football team, you're allowed to be on the boys football team. But what happened was this town had a girl's swim team and not a boy's swim team. So the boy was allowed to be on the girl's swim team and win a bunch of girls swim team records. But that's dumb because the rule should never have cut both ways to start with. The rule should have been if there's not a girls team, the girl can play on the boys team, but not vice versa. Because are that's you not... suggesting that boys and girls are different? I'm suggesting that boys and girls are different. Yeah, I don't like this ugly mm-hmm. cell. It offer yeah. the opportunity for students to engage in extracurricular activities, even if they're transgender. I think that's their right. All right. Well, a lot of us think that that's bizarre. You know, not very fair. You know, I come from a family that has a lot of girls who have been have competed in college athletics, who've been state champions, and frankly, you know. Some boy that's six foot two competing against my five foot four niece doesn't sound very fair. I think most people in the country think it's bizarre, you know, that it's just <laughs> completely bizarre and unfair that people, and you're going to run the Department of Education, you've got no problem with it. Um, that concerns me. And I, I think it's this kind of thing is going to lead to really just the vast majority of America just wondering who are these people that think it's okay? From what planet are you from? 
Ooh, nice parting shot by Rand Paul. It's not going to matter. Miguel Cardona will be sworn in as your department's secretary of education. Of course. That said, Alice, he's going to have a very early decision to make because Rochelle Walensky, who is the new CDC head honcho, mm-hmm. uh, came out today and said something quite interesting. Um, but I also want to be clear that there is increasing uh, data to suggest that schools can safely reopen and that that safe reopening does not um, uh, suggest that teachers need to be vaccinated in order to reopen safely. So while we are implementing um, the criteria of the advisory committee and of the state and local um, guidances to get Uh, vaccination across these eligible uh, communities. I would also say that um, safe reopening of schools is not, um, that vaccination of teachers is not a prerequisite for safe reopening of schools. Um, But I also want to be clear that there is increasing uh, data to suggest that schools can safely reopen and that that safe reopening does not um, uh, suggest that teachers need to be vaccinated in order to reopen. (laughs) So there you go. That's Rochelle Walensky saying nobody needs to be vaccinated. The teachers don't need to be vaccinated. We can open the schools. To which Secretary Cardona will say what, Alice? Um, he will say the teachers unions absolutely say that it's not safe. And despite what all the experts in the medical community say, we are going with the teachers unions. Right. And it, he will say that they got to check ventilation system, et cetera, and they need money to do that. And then you may ask what happened to all the money that's already been allocated to them. You guys have made very clear the $130 billion for K-12 through is crucial to reopening mm-hmm. schools. The, I think there's something along the lines of 60 to $65 billion in past proposals that has been obligated but is mostly unspent right now on the public school front. What are you guys doing to ensure that gets out the door given the priority it is in your next package? Sure. Well, um, my understanding from talking to our economic team is that uh, the funding that was in the $900 billion package, I think if that's what you're referring to, will be spent in the next couple of weeks. And so what we're trying to look ahead to is what are the needs as we're looking to public schools across the country that many of them need funding, many of them need PPE, many of them need testing, many of them need, um, you know, better ventilation in their schools to ensure we have adequate funded needed to uh, open the majority of schools within 100 days, which remains the president's goal. Uh, in other words, yes, we're going to push that pile of cash over to the teachers' unions, but they have demanded more piles of cash. <laughs> we're going to push those over to the teachers' unions, and then they're still not going to open. That's where we are. That's where we talked about the the just lack of spine in Congress. It is now sitting in the executive branch as well. Oh, the teachers' union thing is like disgusting. It's unbelievable. The amount of power the teachers' unions have. It's remarkable. And these politicians are just spineless. The, the teachers' unions, unions see an easy mark. And, you know. But they, it's it, astonishing to me. They are like. Well, the, the, that the kids are being hurt and dying in some cases. You think <laughs> that that was a thing. Kids in cages was a big thing. What about kids you know, harming themselves I now know. and being irreparably damaged for no good reason? That's not a thing. It mm. seems like that should be a thing. But, you know, I don't know. We don't know, Alice, unfortunately, because you and I and the listeners of this show aren't somebody like me. I wish we were, but we're not that fortunate. Um, I know. I wish that we could be somebody like me. But if you want to find somebody like us currently on Twitter, you can find us at Burn Barrel Pod. Um, we're at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our uh, YouTube channel, the 
Tom Shattuck's Firm Barrel YouTube channel where you can like the video versions of the podcast, you can comment, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Say la vie. By the way, a sibling of somebody on this show is rocking a 1570 shirt at the gym today, Al. Wow. Oh, you didn't see that. You don't oh, have no, a phone. Oh, no, I don't have a phone. I'll check it out. Is it on Insta? It's on Insta. I'll check it. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.